You're listening to the Can Dare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley, and we're bringing you an extra episode this week because this one's too hot to sit on the shelves. This one can't wait. It's got to come out early. As you've seen by the cover art and the title, you've made it this far because you know who's on the show. Uh, you might know him from Family Business on BET, Grace and Frankie on Netflix, uh, movies like The Hand That Rocks the Cradle and The Crow. But you most definitely know him as Winston Zeddemore from Ghostbusters 1 and 2 in the official Ghostbusters game that came out as the unofficial third movie. Now, not only do we talk to him about the Ghostbusters, but we talk with him about his involvement in Season 2 of Hot Streets coming out on uh, Adult Swim February 24th at midnight. So be sure to set your DVRs, and if for some reason you forget or miss it, go to adultswim.com. You can always check it there after it's premiered on the network. And Ernie joins the cast in Season 2 as John Wayne, Jet Wayne Jr., the little airplane that can turn people into crystals. Uh, you'll just have to hear more in the episode. <laughs> but before we do all that, let me get our social media rule out here. Be sure to go to candarepodcast.com. You can check out uh, more details on this episode, check out previous episodes, see our wall of heroes, uh, all kinds of things to do over there. Find us on Twitter at candarepod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And of course, on Facebook, uh, we have a Patreon page out there, patreon.com forward slash candarepod where you can drop $5 a month and get access to our Candare Patreon founders-only episodes. And if you plan on going to a Wizard World Con here in the near future, when uh, you're buying your tickets online at checkout, use the promo code CANDARE, lowercase, no space. You'll get yourself a cool 10% off. I think that does it for promoting ourselves. So let's get back to talking about our interview with Ernie Hudson. We get to talk with him about his start in acting, his experiences on the sets uh, with the cast of the Ghostbusters, uh, that new Ghostbusters trailer we've seen out there, and just the amazing fandom that surrounds Ghostbusters. And, uh, of course, we talk about his involvement with Hot Streets Season 2. So without any further ado, let's just kick it off and get to our interview with Ernie Hudson. Ernie, I want to thank you so much for uh, stopping by, taking some time to talk with us today. This is truly an honor to have one of the original four Ghostbusters in our presence. Yeah. Well, it's great to be with you guys. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great to be here. We're undoubtedly going to touch on Ghostbusters. I mean, you you saw that coming, I'm sure. But you know, one thing we have to touch on as well is uh, your new character in Hot Streets season two coming yes. out. I've never seen right. quite a unique character as this, and <laughs> only Adult Swim would do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to uh, wrap my head around it and understand it. But um, you know, some things you just jump in and enjoy it and kind of see where it goes. But um, right, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun being a part of it. And it looks like it's going to be an amazing show. It's premiering February 24th at midnight on Adult Swim. So uh, be sure to set your DVRs, everyone. But before we get to that, we have to. I want to go back to the beginning and just. I'm very curious how you got into acting. Well, the you know, um, I'm from Michigan. I'm from uh, Benton Harbor, Michigan, and um, the little town I grew up in. I I really never knew anybody in entertainment, period, acting or anything else. So I, I think uh, growing up, um, I just wanted to find a job. And uh, when I got out of high school, I tried the Marine Corps. Um, oh, wow. I had asthma, so I was discharged. Uh, and I was always looking for a job. And when I, every job I'd get, I'd, I was actually very bad at, or at least I felt like I was. And until I um, got in college and I discovered theater. And I really, for the first time in my life, I really felt at home. I felt like this was something that, you know, I could do. I mean, certainly there's no promise or not even a lot of hope that, you know, uh, I'd be able to make a good living at it. I just knew that it was something that I felt good about 
being a part of. And from the time I really committed to being an actor, which was in 67, I think, uh, I've always been able to make a living as an actor. So it, it's certainly been good to me. But, but um, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where I tried um, all kinds of jobs, and I just always felt like as soon as they find out, <laughs> they're going to fire me. You know what I mean? I never quite felt like um, I was on top of things. And, of course, I, had, I got married young. I had a family. So I had to work. I had to, to make a living. I just and I thought that's kind of how you go through life, you know, with a job you never really feel comfortable with. And so when I found acting and I found theater, it's like, oh, man, I can, I can actually – love what I do and enjoy it. And um, it's always been very kind to me. Sure. I'm still waiting for that day to come. Were you one of those kids <laughs> that was always performing for the family at like uh, holidays and such? Uh, you know, I, I think I was probably really shy, but then the church I grew up in, um, they would have little, um, you know, Easter plays and Christmas plays. And um, in school, uh, I took drama. So I did a little acting, but uh, but always on the outside of the, you know, I, I was always a little bit afraid of jumping into it totally because um, I grew up in kind of an odd situation. I, I didn't know my dad. Uh, my mom died when I was three months old. So I think I was always a little bit afraid of of um, getting sort of uh, embarrassed or someone would say something that would hurt my feelings. So I was always kind of on the on the fringe, but, but it was always the yeah, part of my life on some level. Yeah. It was, it, it, you realize it's always been there and it's always been calling to you, but you don't necessarily recognize that. Right. What an amazing thing to discover though. Mm -hmm. You mentioned some other jobs uh, you had done before the stage. What kind of work were you doing? Well, the best job I had was I was a communications consultant for the Michigan Bell telephone company um, and a commission communication consultant. Uh, I would go out to businesses that were starting up and then I design a, um, a phone system, you know, for the company. Um, I was really bad at it. I mean, <laughs> I loved the going out and talking to people, but then I would put the order in wrong or people would call. It was just, oh, it was just a nightmare. Sometimes I'd forget to even place the order. Uh, and then people would call like, where, where are my phones? You said to be here. And I'm like, what? And then I, uh, it, was, it was a mess. I, I hated that. But I was, uh, I was a janitor. I was a machine. I went to um, a machine operating. So I learned to operate a lathe and some uh, factory machines. I, I did some welding. Uh, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I worked at um, the Chrysler had a tank, di a military tank division in Detroit. I worked there for a while. I was, um, I was a hooker, not a, but basically <laughs> at, the, at the at the um, is is a guy who raises the lifts. You know, it, it's like it's a thing that goes across the top of the factory and right, uh, sure. you'd send down the things and you lift up, you know, I'd move stuff around. Like an indoor crane um, kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But after I almost um, killed somebody, I thought I shouldn't probably be doing that. Um, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. so I, I tried a whole bunch of stuff, but I always knew I've always been able to hustle a living. I was a Watkins man. Um, when I uh, got out of high school, I would go door to door and sell uh, Watkins products, you know, Watkins like full of brush. And, um, you know, I would always try something in sales. I'd always, um, but I always found a way to, you know, pay the rent, you know, get a car and get my basics, you know, taken care of. But sure. it was, uh, I was a gardener for a while while I was working. Wow. Um, so, you know, jobs, just, sir. Yeah, a lot of um, looking for something. And then uh, when I finally got the job with the telephone company, I thought, okay, this is it. I get to wear a suit. They gave me a little green car to drive. Uh, I had a secretary. That was the ultimate job. Um, I, my grandmother who raised me was so proud, but I just, I just hated it. I mean, I just, sure. but thankfully, and I remember leaving the job and going to California, looking for something, couldn't find anything. And my ex-wife at the time we were, you know, married and, and I called and I, and I said, you know, I just can't get anything going. And she said, why don't you come back and do that acting thing? And I said, well, you know, actors don't, you know, they don't make any money. I mean, I had heard the story that 
Um, the janitors make more than actors do, you know, um, in, right. in working in theaters. And uh, she said, come on, you're broke anyway, so you're not going to lose any money. And uh, I thought, well, yeah, I guess. So I came back and um, just totally committed to theater. That was in 60, 67, I think it was. And, um, yeah, and like I said, I've always always been able to feed the family and, and make a living. Uh, I was right. having dinner with uh, Joe Montaigne and uh, Joy Pantaleone and um, Tim Daly. We were having dinner um, a few years back, and they were talking about all the odd jobs that they had worked while they were acting, you know, to to make ends meet. And uh, once I really committed to being an actor, I've never had to work outside of the business. I've always been able to find a way to do a play, get paid a little here, a little there, uh, do a little commercial, do a little, you know, something. I've always been able to... Always keeping busy, um, right? Yeah, yeah, you, and you got yeah. I just I always I, I stay busy. I mean, I'm always sort of to this day. I mean, I, I, that's kind of my approach, I guess. Yeah, IMDb page is something else. That's something to marvel. Couldn't find the bottom of it. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like the end credits of a movie. It just keeps yeah. going and going. Well, you know, I get a couple things they don't have on it, so I gotta reach out to them. I did um, I think called Serpico it was a TV show. Uh, that I did when I first went to LA, and um, God, there was a couple others that they they don't have on there. And I, not that it's that important. I need a couple more credits on it, but I just, <laughs> I just want all the credits. I want it there, you know. So I have to let them know. Sure. You put you yourself know. in it. You worked on it. Why not? Absolutely. Yeah, and those early ones were those are the ones that were like, oh my God, it's a real blessing because. You know, the, whether you'll be able to stay in or not, depending on you're getting this job that pays the rent for another couple of months. So those are big jobs, you know, even though they they now looking at them, they weren't that that big, but they were really important. Right. So I've, I've got to jump straight to uh, Ghostbusters. I'm sorry. I can't hardly help myself. And, uh, Winston Zeddemore, I find to be one of the most uh, relatable characters. And at the risk of sounding like an ass kiss here, I mean, I just I, I think that because I'm never going to be a scientist. I'm never going to be a doctor. But you know what? I could be that cool guy who goes and applies and gets hired. Yeah, the working man coming right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was that my entry point for belief, you know, because, mm-hmm. I'm again, I'm never going to be those dudes over there. That's why I related to you the most. Well, you know, the, yeah, Winston was, uh, in fact, uh, some, I was talking to some people, and they were saying uh, it was maybe one of the first African-American characters that the uh, so many in the audience identified with because he was just sort of, he was a guy looking for a job. I mean, I never really... And when I work in in life, I don't go around thinking, "Well, geez, oh my God, I'm I'm an African American, or I'm I'm different than everybody else." Because I don't, that's not how I see the world. I don't think it's how Winston sees the world. It's like, okay, right. these people are a little bit, a little bit out there, but um, you know, is it paying? And um, you know, how much is it paying? And you know, when do I get my check? You know, so I, I think, uh, but because I took the job, you, you're a hundred percent there. It's not a question about you know you're you're committed, and uh, and I think people sort of related to Winston. Uh, yeah, I think for that reason, uh, I, I did. He said, "Well, he didn't seem you know," but I don't think Winston was. That's not something you think of, you know. That you know, there he was just a part of. I think in the um, the video game, the last one they did. I think right. Winston went back to school and got his PhD or something. I'm like, you know, that's nice, but it really wasn't necessary. I mean, Winston no, yeah. is who he is, you know, and um, kind of takes. Even though one of the things that, that when mm-hmm. when we did uh, the movie uh, after it came out, uh, I would get asked to come to schools and you know uh, talk to the kids, and it was really popular, especially with the little kids. But I always get asked what does Winston do? And at first it was a little confusing, but, um, but I realized in the movie, you see the sort of where other people are, you know, um, um, Vinkman has his, you know, um, uh, his little, his, I think he had a TV show on the second one, but right, yeah. you know, we kind of see a little background. You see him with Sigourney, um, you know, Danny has, you know, his store, Harold has his lab, uh, but we never really get to see who Winston is. I mean, he's sort of there, and when he's not there, is he married? Does he have children? So the yeah. kids would be just 
full of questions about who is Winston because you don't really see him beyond uh, when he's there. Uh, I always found that very interesting. So, uh, And I think I this that. studio, um, and I haven't uh, kind of disagrees with this, uh, but it almost felt like there was an attempt to have him be there but be there marginal. And uh, just with the way the character kind of came into the show and uh, when they released the, the movie, you know, I went back to a 30-year uh, anniversary uh, in Chicago. They, you know, I came back out to theaters, and I got to the theater, and then I look up, and it's the poster with the three guys, you know. So I think the studio didn't quite recognize that the audience embrace the character he's a ghostbuster yeah but um i think uh and i think in a lot of ways the studio was the last to catch up on even the significance of the movie i think the fans got it way before you know the studio you know, even realized what um you know what they had or what they have right so um it's been interesting to me Absolutely. I imagine so. I imagine so. And I, that's a good point. I've never even thought about that. You don't get that back uh, backstory from Winston. Mm -mm. And it's it's about like halfway into the movie or close to before he even comes in, isn't it? Yep. And the second one. Well, I mean, in the first one, but problems. then when we did the second one, they kind of did the same thing, which was like, well, I'm in the very beginning, but then I kind of disappear for half the movie. And I kind of go, but that was always the thing on the set, but then why? We're going to fight ghosts in the next scene, so why am I not here right but um then i and i i don't know i don't think it was i mean you know who knows it, it it is a business and i'm sure some thought went into whatever but i just felt that a lot of times the studio tries to control but i think when the audience gets a hold to when the you know when fans see something they will embrace what they embrace they take away from it so it kind of was what it was um right and I felt in some ways uh, my career had uh, the studio really included the character. This is early on. Now, now of course, it's things are a lot different. But I, I've always felt that it might have made a, a difference just in terms of my being able to get the name. You know, because when we did the movie, I was a single dad. I had my two sons, and every job was like, really important but because the character wasn't sort of included in that way uh it made it difficult to to get the next job but it's what it forced me to do was to figure out how to um to stay in the business and so from it really forced me into doing tv that's when i did all those different television episodes i mean i just uh because film sort of shut down Right. Uh, for about three years. But it was, um, so I look back on the whole journey. It was a, kind of an interesting journey that was perfect in and of itself. Even the movie, you know, I, I kind of complain about the halfway point, but when I look at the movie, it's hard for me to find fault with it because it's such a wonderful, oh, wonderful little movie. Yeah. I, I love how it, it's kind of like a security blanket. You can turn on cable TV and always find it. You know, it's yeah. always kind of there. If it weren't there, I'd probably have a panic attack. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, that. Um, yeah, I, I think movies in general. You know, I mean, I grew up like I, said, I grew up without a dad, but you know, there were always the old movies that played on TV, and and um, there's certain ones. You know, you just kind of characters. Um, it sort of feels in the spaces in the world that you can't quite make sense out of something about movies brings a certain order or just a certain perspective that I think is very, very helpful. And it, and it touches us, you know, on a really kind of deep way. I mean, these characters and who they are and who we are in the midst of that, you know, you look at Ghostbusters to deal with that, I mean, because every, not every kid, but certainly every kid I know, um, you know, the ghost or what's that, what's frightening in the closet, this, the, these things that are so scary. Um, but here's these guys who are willing to face that and uh, in a funny way, in a natural way, and it's okay to to be afraid, but it doesn't have to shut you down. And I think that's that's another wonderful thing about the movie that I love. It's such a, I mean, not that I'm saying anything uh, prolific or different from what I've said or anyone said before, but that movie walks such a fine line between horror and comedy. Uh, so, yeah. Like yeah. no other movie yeah. before or after it. 
Yeah, you know, and especially the first. I thought the first one was just so uh, original and creative. I love the second one too, and I think sure. a lot of little the, the little kids who were introduced to the franchise uh, as little guys. They, I think, they like the second one because it's a little bit more family friendly. You know, it's um, right. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, so they both work. But I think the first one was really. Very, very creative. Now, I've heard you say in past interviews that when you're bringing a character to life, you like to uh, pull from past experiences or even people you know to help make that character uh, believable. And I think the example you were talking about at the time was uh, Solomon from The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Mm-hmm. And I'm just very right. curious to know what, what it is that uh, where you were pulling from or who you were pulling from to bring Winston to life. Well, you know, Winston was a lot of kind of what I was feeling. I mean, I... Uh, when I first heard the movie, I, I saw Ivan Reitman, who I'd done a movie the year before with called Space Hunter. Right. Ivan was the producer of uh, of Space Hunter with um, Peter Strauss and Molly Ringwald. And, uh, so I'd worked with him before, but I, I ran into him, and he said he was doing this movie, and but there was nothing in it for me because that character was sort of a bigger-than-life character, and I think he saw me that way as opposed to it was just a character that I had sort of... Um, taken on. So I felt, and I tried to get an audition and I couldn't get an interview with him. Uh, it took me months to finally land the Ghostbuster interview. So I think Winston feeling a little, you know, kind of outside, I, I know it comes from my background. Um, like I was talking about earlier with certain, uh, as a kid, you know, you, you're sort of there, but you're a little bit on the edge um, I think Winston is like, okay, I'm here. Okay, hey, if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe I'm going to go a little bit reluctant, but I committed, so I'm here. So a lot of, I think, what I was feeling, um, I think, is what the character was sort of going through. I mean, these guys were well established in their careers. I mean, they, they were, sure. I didn't, I wasn't a big Saturday Night Live fan, uh, but certainly I knew who they were. And I was kind of, um, had been working, but still figuring it out. And um, that's why I love the Harold Ramis. Harold was always a kind of go-to guy when things get a little bit crazy. He would we talk about it. He sort of explained the universe, that universe. Yeah. So I think uh, he was kind of reflecting what I was feeling. You know, I I, I had my boys. Uh, I was a single dad. Um, I needed. You know, uh, I think if I, you know, I needed the job, Winston needed. So a lot of that, you know, you can't get too excited about because you don't know where this is going to go, but you, you got to show up. And, right. um, and, 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 and I think what I was feeling from the studio was a little bit of inclusion, but I think when I, I'll think Danny probably, uh, well, all the guys, but because um, a lot of times I'd be there in a scene and and they'd go, uh, hey, uh, let's give Ernie that line. And a lot of the lines now are very, I mean, now um, you know, very quotable. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and they were very, they're very sharing and very generous that way because a lot of those lines anybody could have taken. And uh, yeah, so it was. I, th- I think a lot of, and there were just a lot of things going on that I was sort of trying to make sense out of that I think was probably in the character. Right. Bleeding through to the character. So, so Winston's uh, unknown backstory is pretty much your, I mean, it could be your story. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Yeah. It, um, yeah, nobody was, um, you know, I think uh, the audience didn't know because the guys are so caught up in their ghost busting. They probably didn't take a lot of time to figure out what was happening with Winston. Uh, I was so caught up in trying to, you know, make this movie work and be a part of it and flying to New York. And, you know, but in the meantime, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my two sons, what I'm going to do with my kids, where they're going to be while I'm doing, I mean, I got all this stuff going on that it's not really, you know, at the forefront of anybody. It's, it's stuff I got to deal with. We're here to bust ghosts, but, uh, but I still have to make sure my kids are cool. I still have to, um, yeah, I think it, it probably maybe in a lot of ways it was the most personal character. Uh, you know, yeah. I probably identify with Winston more. Yeah. It would make more sense that he would, you know, put his life on the line for this job if he had kids uh, at yeah, home, absolutely. you know what yeah. I mean? Rather than yeah, just yeah, it was, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, and it, you know, and I think because it was, I, I was doing, a, I mean, I would doing a question and answer 
recently, and someone asked him about um, how I came into the film, and he says, oh, well, you know, I don't think Ernie had to read. And I, I'm like, what? They <laughs> <laughs> showed up and they were saying, yeah. I'm you. sorry. You know, I mean, they must have had me. I must have done four screen tests. I mean, they had right. me. So it, it went on for, it felt like forever. So by the time I got the job, it was like, I can't even celebrate here because it was like so important. But on the other hand, it just, they just, just wrung it out, you know, and, uh, but, but my, you know, like I said, I had kids and I, I got to pay the rent. I got, yeah, I was a little, and so a lot of, uh, I think Winston sort of, you know, you're a little bit afraid to get too excited about whatever, because you don't really know what's, what's coming next. So were there any like uh, highlights or funny memories or stories uh, you have from actually filming that movie or either well, of the you know, it, films? Yeah, I think probably just the overview of watching the guys. I mean, they were in a place, like I said, they had all been really well established. And uh, Bill Murray, especially, I always say I'd loved just um, being on the street with Bill Murray because people... I mean, literally, we'd be walking down the street and people would slam on their brakes and jump out of their cars in the middle of the street and run over it and, <laughs> you know, hug him. And he was and he was always so gracious about it. Um, you know, we hear all the quirky stories of Bill Murray, but he he was always very, very cool with with his fans. And I thought, OK, that that, you know, if I ever get to that place, that would be it would be really great to to enjoy it, not make more out of it or less out of it, but to, to be okay with where you are. And he always seemed, um, you know, he, he was just, um, just always a lot of fun and, and just watching him react and respond and be Bill Murray was, was kind of cool. I was sort of on the, and Harold, um, who was just really in my mind, just, just such a, I mean, and a genius, I guess. I mean, he, oh, he just had a, a view of the world, but he was so down to earth and he was so, you know, I didn't have to go to him to say what's going on. He could see it in me and he'd come over and just say, you know, and we, um, and I, I just, um, I always appreciated him for that. I always thought, you know, uh, growing up, uh, in a poor environment of you learn, or I learned that, um, I don't expect anything, you know what I mean? You got to make the most of what you got. And so when someone extends themselves, that's extraordinary to me. I mean, I, you know, when people are kind and they don't have to be, and I've had experiences throughout my life, but Harold was one. I always loved Harold and Danny was just always a great guy, but it was so much stuff going on. I'm sure with the studio and money and, uh, that stuff was hard to, to just figure out. Uh, right. but, uh, but it was, it was only, it was fun. You know, the, the they were kind of like family, you know, but I was always like, um, I always felt like the visitor, you know, it was like uh, going to somebody's house for dinner and they're all having a great time and they're grabbing food and everybody's, and you're trying to be polite, but, uh, right. but you're watching, you're observing. So I was kind of, I felt like a bit of an outsider. I, I don't think I've felt that since because I bring as much to whatever I do as I like to think anybody else. But in that case, I think I was a, a, an observer. And I think Winston is, is a bit of that as well. That's really totally. neat. So I've got to ask, we've seen a trailer for a third Ghostbusters film, and I know NDAs are probably out and flying around, but uh, are you able yeah. to confirm or deny any involvement? Well, okay, this is all I can tell you, and um, or not all I can tell you, all I can tell you, because it's all I know, is uh, when I heard about it, I heard Jason was doing, but you know, the talk has been for, you know, 30, however many years, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and the Paul Fig movie was sort of Paul Figg's, and so it was kind of... But it, it, you know, he did his own thing with it, and I, I, I'm a big fan of his, and so that was what it was. But there's been talk about something in the really true to the ghost, the spirit of Ghostbusters. But when I read, actually, uh, or I think I read it, uh, that Jason was going to be directing it, and Ivan was going to be producing it, I was, I was really very happy to hear that, and so I kind of reached out, I talked to Jason, uh, I talked to Ivan. Um, and, um, and they assured me it's definitely happening and, uh, Jason was going to be directing it. And I think I was really excited about it because 
I remember Jason. Um, uh, I remember Jason, and I remember Violet, Harold's daughter. Uh, the the two kids, especially they had other kids, but I remember him being on the set. I remember him being in the second movie. Actually, he's in that birthday party scene when me and Danny go in, right. and he he wants to be he man. Um, but uh, uh, and I've been watching his career, and I was really excited that if anybody's going to do it and be true to. Um, that franchise, especially with Ivan, the two of them working together on it, uh, that was kind of cool. So I really just called to congratulate them, and um, hopefully, without being too obvious, that I was wondering if I'm going to be in it or not. <laughs> but uh, and wish they didn't volunteer and say, "Oh, by the way," uh, I'm like, "Okay, well." Um, but they, you know, they said it's going to be true to the, you know, the Ghostbusters, and I know they were kind of keeping their cards close you know, whatever. So they didn't say I was going, they didn't say I wasn't, you know, I kind of let it be known. Uh, and I've always let it be known that I, I love the franchise. I love to be a part of it. And, but on the other hand, uh, I love the fact that, uh, Jason has the freedom to do, I understand whatever it is, it's his sort of idea. And, you know, so I don't really know anything about it other than that it's happening. And I'm happy for that. Sure. And, uh, you know, I want to be happy whether I'm in it or not in it. Um, I'm just happy. The fans, you know, more than uh, anything, I, honestly, <laughs> the fans are amazing. I don't, uh, there's been a, a, a loyalty. I mean, I've, I've gone places where guys have turned their cars into ectomobiles. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I went to dinner and uh, with a, uh, one of the guys in a Ghostbuster chapter and, he invited me to dinner and uh, he and his wife and he went to the bathroom and she just, she said, Ernie, can you talk to him? He took her car. He turned the car into an ectomobile and now that's the only car we have. So he loves it because he drives it and people come and take pictures with him. She said, but when I had to take the car to go shopping or to the store, it's like a pain in the butt. So, you know, I'm like, so there's that kind of guys in there, they're, you know, Ghostbuster outfits and the backpacks and oh, yeah. that's, and that's just, I mean, and not just in the States, but all over the world. I don't think it's been any country that I've gone to that if people know I'm there, guys don't show up, you know, and uh, that's amazing to me. I, I'm, I don't even know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's humbling in a very strange way. So I'm happy, um, you know, that there's something that uh, they can get excited about and hopefully right. it'll, you know, live up to what they what they're hoping for. It, you know, you mentioned these uh, different Ghostbuster chapters or around the world. I know Columbus, we've got one right here. I think yeah. every city's got one. And it's yeah, a yeah. very special kind of fandom because, I mean, you think of Star Wars. I mean, okay, you see some cosplayers here and there, maybe some people wielding lightsabers. But this is a such an indulgent kind of fandom that I can't right. really compare to anything else. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It, it is. You know, and I, I look at Star Wars and, and Star Trek and, you know, some of the actors I've, you know, I've known. And, but it, it always felt to me, and I may be wrong, I, I know they're really loyal fans, but that the studio had a hand in it in terms of they knew how to, you know, develop it. They, they, were, they helped push the franchise. I think uh, Columbia really, I don't think they really valued it. I think the fans sort of found this thing and kept it alive themselves. I mean, after five, ten years, um, I don't think the studio really had a whole lot of how to promote it, how to, but the fans have found, they found it, and they've made it whatever it is, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just incredible to me. And it, what I love about it, it crosses generations, Um you know, uh, people will come up to me and, you know, 40 years old and say it's the first movie they ever saw in a theater and their dad took them to see it. And now they're watching with their children. And uh, that's um, uh, it's, it's very, very special. I, I don't mm-hmm. even have words. And also what I, I find because I go, OK, well, you guys, you have your chapter. What do you do? I mean, <laughs> you, 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 you can't go out and pretend to catch ghosts. I mean, I'm sure you don't. But they, they do a lot of charity work. Right. And so what we've done um, is when I do a convention, um, the guys will go and we'll go to a charity. 
um, uh, you know, some uh, outreach program. Um, the homeless situation in this country is just, I mean, it's just an awful Horrible. situation. Yeah. You know, but um, but uh, guys will, will go with me, and uh, and even Ivan Reitman has matched my contribution. Um, we're at the Union Rescue Mission recently. We've done things in New York and uh, uh, Indianapolis. We're down there, but these guys will uh, they they do a lot of charity. They raise a lot of money for charity, and that's uh, really uh, pretty extraordinary. It is, and I, I know, like when we have our like free comic book days or whatever is happening at the comic book store, you know, the Columbus chapter will show up, and I believe they'll do uh, they'll collect cans of food and stuff like that. They'll do little yeah. like, science projects and stuff that you can pay a dollar and participate in it. Yeah, too, and do... yeah but they, sure, they yeah. get back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's great. I mean, I, uh, I even though it seems a little weird when they give me a little plaque and, and make me an honorary Ghostbuster. I'm like, yeah, and this is kind of the other way around. Yeah, like, I'm but, uh, the Ghostbuster. <laughs> that's right. But um, I should be giving yeah, you a but plaque. It's, it's, exactly. You know, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, no, it's fun. And it's fun to see, um, like I said, to see them um, out there and, and doing, you know, doing great, uh, nice work. Right. I would like to join, but I, I don't think I could commit to turning my car over. I, that's yes, I'd have to draw the line there. Not that my car would look good dressed as an Echo anyway, but anywho. Well, I, you know, in the for the first 10 years uh, after the movie, I only saw Cadillacs, the guys who could go out and find some Cadillac hearse or whatever and turn. Now I've seen every kind of Ectomobile, I mean, from Volkswagens to, you know, you Dodge Colts or whatever, you know. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. The PT they, Cruiser seems matter. to be a popular that's, yeah, choice. That's the one. Yeah, the PT Cruiser. You know, I've seen pretty much uh, just about every every kind of car you can imagine. and. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's fun. You know, to me, it's finding something that's positive. Yeah, it's great. Of course, I, I see a lot of people too, who are into the whole ghost hunting. A lot of those um, oh, you know, right. people will come up and say, you know, we watch Ghostbusters and it made us want to actually, you know, explore the paranormal. And so they've kind of committed their lives to, Five, which is a little bizarre to me, but it's okay. I mean, I um, I, I was invited to a ghost hunt in Mississippi at midnight. Oh wow! Uh, I I declined. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think so, but uh, right. But but a lot of guys, and they'll go to these uh, haunted places, and um, you know, I guess there's been a number of very popular TV shows that have kind of come out of it, but. But when I run into those guys, most of them will credit Ghostbusters for, you know, giving them the desire to, um, you know, um, to pursue whatever it is they pursue. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny, you know, uh, we live near uh, Mansfield, Ohio, where the mm-hmm. Mansfield Penitentiary is. It's where they filmed uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. But they... Uh, yeah. They do a lot of uh, around Halloween time to let people They're in overnight. Haunted, yeah. And, um, you know, whether I'm a believer or not, I can't really, you know, say one way or the other, probably yeah. more toward the right. no, but, you know, it still sounded like a cool, fun thing. Let's go out there overnight. We ended right. up going during yeah. the day, and that place is scary as shit during the day. So I can't imagine <laughs> being in after dark. There's no, no. way, ghosts or not. not yeah, no. yeah. I um, no, I, I agree. I'm like, I don't. It's only no, I don't want to be visited by you know whatever. <laughs> no, you not know, a question uh, that needs answered. Uh, yeah, no, I I'm not trying to. Um, nah, but yeah. uh, whatever makes you happy, and apparently a lot of people. Totally love, you know, that kind of um, scare. Right. You know, Thank you. I don't even like really yeah. scary when people say, oh, it's so scary that um, uh, uh, the Linda, uh, let's see. Um, Linda Blair? Uh, Linda Blair. Um, uh, the Exorcist? Going, the Exorcist, yeah. You yeah. know, and everything. It was so scary. I'm like, yo, if it's that scary, I don't even want to see it. No. I don't yeah. want it in my head. You know, <laughs> the uh, I, I eventually did see the movie, but there's certain things like, no, I don't even want that playing through my head at 3 o'clock in the morning. So, um, yeah. but, but, you know, we're all different. Some people love that stuff, so. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I could sit here and talk Ghostbusters with you all freaking day, but <laughs> we've, we've got to touch on Hot Streets again here. Season 2 yeah, premiering yeah, okay. at Febu- on February 24th at midnight on Adult Swim. And <laughs> your character, his name is just the best. John Wayne, Jet Wayne Jr. <laughs> the- Jet Wayne Jr., which is... I mean, first off, when um, you know they were answering about Dorian, I mean, I, I love that. Like you said, the name was really kind of cool. And then this guy who, the guy who, uh, the jet plane, who, uh, but it was so odd and different and funny, and yet he's so committed to being. It actually, kind of reminded me of uh, people I'm becoming aware of, you know, that commitment to, I'm, you know, he's in charge and, uh, but he's so screwed up. Um, but, um, <laughs> it's just a lot of fun to have that kind of commitment. You know, um, I, I just find it was, it was a, a, just a fun character to kind of, the whole thing is just bizarre. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, what, but fun. That's what I was going to ask your first impressions when you read, okay, I'm playing the chief of police, which is a tiny airplane that can turn people into crystals. <laughs> right. Where are you pulling inspiration for that one? Yeah. I must ask. You know, I don't know. You know, um, I, I tried years ago, uh, after college, you know, the whole marijuana thing. And I just, I hate that sense of being out of, you know, whatever that feeling is. It's, it's not very comfortable with me. I mean, I get people, enjoy but i thought i probably could make more sense out of it probably if i had smoked a joint or something but um <laughs> it's um and you know sometimes sometimes i would uh work with people or meet people and i come away going what was that about and then my wife would say you know they might have been high and i kind of go oh you know maybe maybe so um but there's a, a, a sort of altered reality um and um, Jet Wayne seems to me a guy, or a, he's not even a guy. So I don't want to tell you, it's kind of hard to even talk about. It. But uh, that kind of authority that is um, got so much stuff going on that uh, it was, it was, you know. And the reason I so much wanted to do it is because um, at this stage of my career, my life, it's finding things that I haven't done, and I certainly hadn't had fun with a character like this and the 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 other characters the dog i mean all of it was <laughs> kind of out there and i thought wow this is um yeah it's <laughs> different <laughs> you know <laughs> so um and it was and it was a lot of fun uh, just sort of doing it. and um so i'm anxious to see it i haven't seen it but i'm anxious right. to see how it all kind of came together but it, it was definitely a lot of fun doing we're big Rick and Morty fans here, big oh, fans yeah. of uh, Justin Roiland. And I'm very curious, uh-huh. were you guys recording all in the same space? Were you recording separately? And if so, what was it like working with these people? Well, you know, I've done things where we've all kind of gotten together, which is always the best. But um, on, on, well, now I'll say unfortunately, I, I live in uh, Minneapolis okay. um, oh. most of the time. I have a place in Los Angeles, too, but uh, for when I'm working out there. But I think most of the session, except for one, I was uh, in Minneapolis doing it kind of remotely. So um, I didn't get a chance to work with the other guys. Um, They kind of, um, which is why I'm anxious to see how it all kind of mixes and comes together. But, um, you know, it's it's great when you you can be in the the same room, but it happens less and less these days. Yeah. Different people being on location. Yeah. You know, we've we've had like, like uh, Susan Bennett, the voice of Siri, or mm-hmm. Townsend Coleman, voiceover actor on the show, and they have such nice setups because they're working from home that right. they were sounding yeah. better in our headphones than we, we were. were. You know, it was, <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. Well, you know, I, I haven't done a lot. You know, I did Transformers Prime. I did, did a. I mean, I, I've done a little bit throughout my career. I always sort of uh, you know enjoy it, but I have friends. That's all they do. And I think that's kind of cool because you can, you know, you can show up in your pajamas or, like I said, now they're doing it at home. I mean, back when I was doing, uh, you know, the superheroes and some of the, you know, shows, you, you know, you'd have to at least go to the studio and you'd kind of do it all together. But it's a different time now, and I think it's it's great. Um, I, uh, I mean, I, I love on-camera work, but I think the fun of it all is to be able to to do all of it. And, uh, I've been very blessed to be able to do 
be it theater or film or TV or animation or yeah. whatever, you know. It's, it's uh, almost like you saw my next question coming. I was going to ask, you know, being so versed, you know, stage, screen, voiceover, what, what's your favorite? But you seem like you just, you love it all. Yeah, no, I, I love to work. And, and, and like I said, I think finding just sort of different things, different little quirky things. I probably now... Um, starting to feel like, okay, then maybe I should find those things that maybe would get a lot more attention. I don't know. Maybe be a little bit more selective as opposed to just doing it for the fun of it. But I just kind of work for the fun of it. And uh, also I appreciate when people ask me nicely. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, I just can't get to hustling for a job or uh, if I got to do a dance, I, I really don't want to. If somebody's not sure if they want to work with me, I really don't want to be there. Yeah. Um, not worth it anyway. Then. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, you got to go through too many changes. Forget it. Uh, but, um, but you know, when they say, okay, we, we, you know, we, we, we like your work and we want you to be a part of it and it's fun. You can collaborate on it and be a part of it. Uh, that's kind of cool, but it's all, yeah, it, it's all a little bit different, you know, but it's just really a lot of fun. And uh, I don't, if I had just, you know, I had friends who were action heroes and that's kind of all they did action movies or, or just television and never, you know, I think that would have been difficult for me. I think it's important for me to be able to be open to whatever comes and, um, and discover things in it. So for upcoming actors, any anyone who's coming up in the field struggling, what advice would you give them? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, my advice, um, if you're working, then it doesn't matter. You know, people you would say to me, should I take classes? I go, if you're working, you're, you're learning as you go along, which is sometimes it's best to be prepared. So whatever comes up, you can take full advantage of it. You don't want to you know, be in a situation where you can't deliver. But um, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd say now be a part of, I'm doing a show called The Family Business. It's been playing on BET. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm executive producing as well as acting. And I haven't tried to get behind the camera, but I think for young people, sort of create your own thing where you have some control of it. Because actors are really the worker bees where you have a little say about, you know, how it kind of comes out, where you can sort of show what it is you want to show, you know. Otherwise, you do like I did, which is wait for the studios to figure out how they can use you. I think it's, uh, I would encourage people to sort of do, uh, obviously be ready for a job, but if there are no jobs coming, then make that happen be to be creative and we're at a time now where you can do that when i started 50 years ago uh to make a movie was pretty much impossible without a lot of money right. whereas now with technology you can get with some friends and you know uh do your smartphone and come up with whatever and there's so many outlets now with youtube and you can make short movies i mean um you know hot streets is uh 15 minutes i mean that was right. not heard of a few years ago so mm. Uh, but I think um, if there's something you want to show the world that you can do, um, do it. I wouldn't wait for anybody um, because you may be waiting a long time. I'm still waiting for that role. I think, um, yeah, do it yourself. That's great advice. There you go. Ernie, this has been an absolute treat and mm-hmm. an awesome conversation. I can't thank you enough for stopping by today. And um, just the best of luck to you. Not that you need any luck from the old Canned Air podcast. No, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it wherever it comes from. So thank you. And good luck to you guys, too. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen, our conversation with Ernie Hudson. Uh, Be sure to go to ErnieHudsonOfficial.com. It's his website where you can check out more about what he's doing, things he's done, all about him. And don't forget to set your DVRs for February 24th at midnight on Adult Swim for Hot Streets Season 2 premiere. And remember, if you miss it by chance, go to AdultSwim.com. You can always uh, check the episodes out there after they've premiered on the network. And don't forget to check us out at CandarePodcast.com, as well as on Twitter at CandarePod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air, and of course, the almighty Facebook. Don't forget to check us out there. 
And again, we're on Patreon. For $5 a month, you can get access to our exclusive Patreon show and support the show at the same time. So head over to patreon.com forward slash candairpod. And once again, if you're going to a Wizard World convention in the near future, when you're buying your tickets online at checkout in that promo box, Candair, lowercase, no space, you'll get a cool 10% off your tickets. But I think that's going to do it for this week. We really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. And until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley, and I thank you for listening. Instead of writing your name, write CandairPodcast.com and help spread the word. Well, that's a great idea. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Absolutely. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today, and uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.